morning and welcome on this beautiful Sunday morning. Glad that you're with us here today. Looking forward to our time together as we worship the Lord and uh, excited to be able to do that with you. It's good to see guests and friends and family here this morning and hope that uh, you're made to feel welcome. I'm Pastor Adam Love, Senior Pastor here at Grace and again extending a heartfelt welcome to you. Uh, just a few things that I uh, want to draw your attention to from our bulletin uh, is what I hope you picked up on the way in. Uh, we've got a full morning this morning with uh, a couple of individuals sharing uh, some of their ministry experiences and uh, it's good to have uh, Scott Staub and uh, Caitlin Pollock. And uh, so throughout the morning here, we're going to be hearing from them and their different ministries and what the Lord is doing. So give them plenty of time. On the insert, uh, there's a lot on the actual bulletin, but on that insert, I just want to highlight a couple of things there, draw your attention to. One is that, uh, believe it or not, Easter is coming. And with that, we also have opportunity to do some things at uh, kind of in that season uh, to give us opportunity to minister to families, uh, to create some inroads, some opportunity to get to know and uh, so we have some different activities that are planned in that time. Uh, one of them is an Easter egg hunt, which we do for really right now. Uh, it's just because of not having our own space yet. Uh, but uh, for now, we are doing that really more for our church family and then people we invite. Uh, we're not necessarily opening it up generally to the, the public as at large just because of not being able to necessarily handle uh, all the logistics that would be required of that in our current state. So uh, that is something that we want you to be aware of, it is something that you are invited to as a part of Grace Baptist Ministries, but also then for you to invite others to come to that. And in light of that, uh, we, we do an Easter egg hunt. This is something that uh, just connects people in our community. They understand that. They've seen those before. And it's a way for us to just be able to share time with them, share the gospel as the opportunity arises, but also to have them uh, around us and be able to be involved with their life. And so we are asking for candy. And uh, so if you would be willing, when you're in the store next time and you go on down the 13 aisles of candy that's coming up here soon, and uh, if you would be thinking about something that would fit inside of an Easter egg and that we can give out and share with our children and then be able to use that. So uh, plan on that. And if you would bring those in, there's a basket that'll be in the foyer. And if you bring some, you can just set it in that basket or around that. And that would be a great help to our children's workers and directors, we appreciate that. On the other side of that, uh, I wanna make mention of the Academy prayer cards. And we did this back towards the, uh, the beginning of the school year. These are the workers that work within our children's center and in our K through 12 program. And uh, so just wanted you to be aware that we have those again. Uh, many of you picked up some cards back then in August, and this is a way for you, uh, Matt mentioned this at our annual business meeting, this is a way for you to also connect again with uh, these different teachers and to uh, maybe get a few more and uh, be praying for them through uh, the course of this year and uh, the ones that you started with and then adding some to that. So those are all available back there uh, on the table and and uh, dig through, get a few names. Uh, there's, there's multiples of several of them. So, uh, you know, just pick one up and, uh, and hope that, uh, or 
I mean, one of each person. If you want to take one of the whole stack, uh, that's fine. Just commit to praying for them uh, through the remainder of this year. The Lord is doing some great things in our school. Very grateful for that. And uh, so just continue to pray. We've seen over 20 salvation testimonies uh, throughout this school year and uh, some other really neat things that the Lord is doing in the lives of our young people. So keep rejoicing in those ways that the Lord gives us opportunity to minister. Well, this morning I'm excited that as we begin our time together, um, I'm gonna appreciate Scott Staub's testimony. He's uh, been a part of our ministry here. I'm gonna ask him to come ahead and prepare. And uh, in this thought of uh, sharing and, and thinking about people who are serving, sometimes we can get a little bit where we overlook the fact that we have people that are here and they base out of our ministries and they go and, and they're serving. So I appreciate Scott's ministry involvement with Source of Light and I've asked him to give us an update this morning. Uh, he's just recently been able to go over into some other parts of the world and I uh, thought this was a great opportunity. So give him your attention and uh, rejoice with what God is doing, but also let's anticipate uh, how we can continue to pray. Thanks, God. Thank you, Pastor. It's great to be with you this morning, and I do want to just update you very, very quickly uh, in regards to what the Lord is doing. Um, and uh, for our folks on YouTube, you won't be seeing the pictures because of uh, security concerns. So, um, uh, the reason that uh, I recently was in Nepal was because of uh, security reasons. I was not able to get a visa uh, for the subcontinent or India. And so uh, we, we took our team, normally we meet every January, and uh, our six men who, who I work with uh, in India, and we met in uh, Kathmandu, Nepal, uh, in a hotel there. So I wanted to just update you on that and then just a few things here that we're focusing on uh, here in Chattanooga uh, this year. And uh, so I just wanna share with those things. The purpose uh, for this year that we have and uh, for our purpose statement for Source of Light is to uh, reach the people of the world through Christ-centered and time-tested materials which will result in evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Um, as, as I mentioned, our focus uh, in Nepal is that of uh, getting ready for uh, the 2020 uh, season. And, and just if I can describe uh, just a few of these pictures here. Um, the, uh, the church that you're seeing us walking up to uh, was a church that uh, was basically the village was destroyed in the 2015 earthquake in Nepal and uh, our, our, uh, our pastor who works there uh, in the northern part of India and into Nepal uh, reached out to them some 300 and some kilometers away. We had a ministry in Nepal, but uh, we really reached out to them to, to see if they would start a church and the place was packed when we were there. It was just an exciting time to be there. Uh, we do have uh, six men who are working. Uh, the man who's standing up there in the in the light colored pants and suit jacket is our newest member and he will be taking over for one of our uh, our, our senior members who is who is uh, in uh, the last years of ministries in his 70s and has quite a few health issues so um, our, our focus is uh, Philippians 310 and uh, we're, we're 
claiming that this year about knowing Christ and making him known. Um, one of the things that we were doing here at Grace and in Chattanooga, the greater area, is uh, we have an uh, associate discipleship school. And uh, this school uh, allows people to take Bible lessons from preschool through adult, uh, college material as well. Uh, if you'd like to sign up for this, uh, we do. I do have some cards here and you can sign up. This is free of charge. You just sign up and you can get involved in a discipleship program uh, Bible study um, this year. Um, the opportunities that we have is uh, for personal study, uh, discipleship of others. We'd like to get, um, before uh, the tornado, we had a training session where a lot of our people were going to be involved. And uh, of course, you know what happened. Uh, we lost our materials, we lost a facility, and uh, we were not able to do get that started. So uh, now we're in the process of doing that. Um, and we need to develop our uh, discipleship school here and also to promote uh, what's called the Worldwide Bible Institute, which is college level material uh, that we offer uh, in uh, several different languages. And it's a, uh, they also offer credits in other Bible colleges here in the States. So uh, they're able to continue their, their Bible studies. Uh, per requests, if you can pray uh, this week, um, my colleague, Philip Thomas, who is a uh, pastor in Myanmar, um, which is actually in a war right now. Uh, he had a, uh, a stroke and is in the hospital. Um, so pray for his daughters, uh, Salome and Mercy, as they help him in the ministry. He is not able to speak at this time. Uh, the doctors are not sure he's going to recover that. So be in prayer for Philip. Uh, also, uh, we have five different zones in India, the subcontinent, and be in prayer for them. Already this year, one ministry in Calcutta gave out 70,000 Bibles. In There's a Hindu pilgrimage. Uh, that they go to the Ganges and, and bathe themselves in spiritual and holy uh, um, a, a kind of their, their tradition. And so uh, our people were able to be there and give out 70,000 Bibles. And so just pray for the follow-up care and the work that's going on in these five areas uh, of India. Uh, pray for uh, discipleship relationships that they will be built this year, not only in our own church, but all through Chattanooga. And then uh, we do need help with our associate school. And uh, just thank you so much for your support. It's hard to believe that uh, we moved back to Chattanooga in 1993 and finished seminary and then on to Romania. And, and it's hard to believe that we have been uh, supported by this church uh, for so long. Thank you so much for your support, your care for my family. And uh, we love you all and appreciate you. I'll take that. I also found this, Scott, and uh, thought that was a go back all the way to 2018 when Scott went native in India, and uh, so he's looking pretty serious in that picture there, but uh, just grateful for the, what the Lord is doing uh, through the ministry there of Source of Light. Well, as we continue on now in our time of worship, let's stand together as a church family, and we're going to uh, say this verse as a people as we think about this and the thought that... 
you know, the concept of what Scott and what Caitlin is going to be sharing with us a little bit later on and, and uh, the thought of what it means to truly become a child of God and it's through the person of Jesus Christ. And my heart's desire is every person here this morning truly knows him and that you know who he is. And this is found in John chapter 1 and verse 12. If you would say the verse together. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Let's go to the Lord at this time and prepare our hearts to worship. And may the Lord truly encourage us in this time. Father, grateful for this morning, grateful for the the many ways that we can see your handiwork, the ways that you are leading in people's lives. I praise you for the ways of your mercy and grace to present yourself to people even beyond our borders and yet even within our borders. God, you have not abandoned us, you've not left us. Lord, I pray that we would be faithful in focusing upon the needs and the reality of those people who are in our own backyards, the, the ways that we truly need to connect you with others. Lord, I'm grateful this morning for the comfort that you give. And Lord, we know that there are many within our church that are struggling. There's the health needs, there's the, uh, the challenges of loved ones that have been uh, deceased. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you would just bring strength and encouragement. Lord, I ask that you will fill our hearts with an appreciation of your plan and your power. And Lord, just grateful for your mercy to us. So bless our time this morning. And may you truly be honored and glorified. And may Lord... Other men and women like Scott and his family, may they be dedicated, Lord, to the promise, the, the hope that you will sustain and, Lord, provide for them and our missionaries that are serving abroad. And, Lord, even amongst our own number, Lord, I pray that you'd raise up a generation that's willing to serve you, to take the gospel even to the uttermost parts of the world. And may we truly be sensitive to your leading in our lives. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Ephesians chapter 5 encourages us to sing and make uh, music in our hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks. And so encourage you to do that with us this morning as we rejoice in who God is and what he's doing in our lives. Come, Christians, join to sing.
thank you that we can stand here this morning and just rejoice in your greatness. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Thank you that we have the opportunity to worship you today, Lord. Work in our hearts as we listen, open our hearts and eyes to your word. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to ask Caitlin to come ahead. Uh, Caitlin Pollock has been serving in Kenya with Encouragement Children's Home. And uh, she is sent out from ours just like Scott. And uh, I've asked her today, she... It was a visa situation. I'll let her explain some of that maybe. And uh, she kind of got, did, did the surprise happen? Yeah. Yeah, all right. She got to surprise her nieces and nephew and, and uh, grateful for the opportunity we have to have her here with us. Give us an update, share a little bit about what's going on. This is a unique ministry, a very powerful ministry that God is allowing Caitlin to lead and to serve in and uh, just grateful for what God is doing there in Kenya. And so I'm going to let her share with us. And uh, we've got a really neat surprise at the end of it too. So looking forward to that. Good morning. Uh, my name is Caitlin, as you said, and I'm currently serving as a missionary in Webuye, Kenya. Um, I'm the director of ministries at Encouragement Children's Home, where we care for children that are orphaned, vulnerable, abused, um, neglected, and, and some even abandoned. And so some of my responsibilities there are um, caring for the children, overseeing the staff there. We have 11 staff members, and then um, any projects that arise and other things that arise as well. I'm overseeing those things at that home. So currently we're caring for 35 kids and we sponsor another 11 that are in universities and tech schools. And so since going to Kenya in 2021, um, I went in August of 2021, we've just seen a lot of improvements to the home. We've seen a lot of improvement to the kids' lives. Um, and it's a lot of thanks to you as a church and then other supporters as well who have given and prayed and encouraged and supported us in this ministry. And so I just wanted to give you a little update on some of the projects that have gone on um, since being there. And so one of the very first projects was back in November of 2021. And what we did was we installed a biodigester. So I learned a lot about plumbing and things that I would have never thought I needed to learn, but I've learned a lot about plumbing. And um, we had a serious sewage problem and it was running through our backyard and the kids you know, were running through it. So it was a big health hazard. And so um, thanks to Grace, we were actually able to install that very quickly. Um, we got the funds in for it. And so since then, we've actually had no issues with sewage and um, it's it's been working great even today so we're thankful um, for all of you for supporting that project the other project um, a big one for the kids they were very excited we installed a playground and actually Grace Academy uh, the students raised some money for that so they were able to help us get that started uh, it was a huge blessing to have this playground. It gives the kids something to do instead of getting into trouble. It gives them an outlet of playing, and, and um, we've been able to use it in different ministries throughout the community, letting the kids from the community come in and play on it as well. So it's just been a huge blessing and a, and a great outreach for the whole area. The other um, big undertaking was in December of 2021, so I haven't been able to share with you since then, so I'm just kind of giving you an overview of the whole year, but um, in December of 2021, we were having some really big security issues, and we are located on a main road that goes from Egypt all the way to South Africa, so we're right on the highway there, and there's a lot of 
trucks and traffic and we had no um, wall in the front of our property and so we were having just a lot of commotion I guess you can say in the especially in the evenings um, just people would be stopping along the road and anyway so we just needed to put up a wall for some security and privacy so we were able to do that in December of 2021 and then in the last two months we, um, the rest of our property, we have a farm in the back, but then the main property of where we live, the fencing was falling apart. The, the barbed wire was rusting, things were coming down, animals were getting in, all sorts of things. And so we just realized that we really needed to upgrade that as well for the safety of our kids. We also had some, some new kids that came that came from some abusive situations. And so we needed to kind of make more security for them as well. So um, when I left on Thursday, um, it was up. The fence was up. It took some extra time than we thought, but it got up. And um, you can kind of see the, the progress of, of how that went. So um, we just have a few more things of finishing touches to do. They're working on it even while I'm here, I'm doing some reinforcement, and then we'll be painting it as well. So those are just some of the projects that have been going on in the home um, for the appearance of the home, the safety of the home, but then... We've also been able to do, oh, there's one more picture of the fence. Um, we've also been able to do some community outreaches, and we started those back in July of last year, and we've been doing one every month. And we have about 300 kids that come each time, and um, they're all from the community in the area, and um, we have just been able to bless them with a meal, and then we do um, a presentation of the gospel each time, and then they also get to play on the playground, which is a huge hit, and I think one of the main reasons they come, um, because there's no other playgrounds in the area. I mean, this is it. This is the only playground. So they're able to come and play, and it's a lot of kids, but um, they have a great time, and they get to hear the gospel, and then they get to be fed a good, strong meal. So um, we have a lot of kids that come to that each month. But then over Christmas, we decided to do something different. And so we did two outreaches in December. The first one we did was just for kids. And then the second one, we invited the mothers to come. And so we had 800 people come to our compound that day. And we had 500 kids and 300 mothers, approximately. And what we did was we split the kids up. I took the kids, so we had 500 kids in a very small area and we were singing and we, we taught them about Jesus and the real reason we celebrate Christmas. And then um, one of our interns took the mothers and he also shared the gospel with them and then we fed all of them. And then we gave the mothers a gift as they were leaving. So they got a, a bag of food so that they could enjoy Christmas with their families. So that was a, that was a great outreach. Um, it was kind of chaotic, but it was, it was awesome to just see that we were able to reach the community in that way. Um, so all of these things that we are doing are, are great. Um, we just feel very blessed that we're able to do all those things. Um, and it takes a lot of time, energy, effort to, to do projects and outreaches, but it's worth it. You know, we're seeing lives change. So um, I can't go through every story of every child that we've taken in since I've been there or even kids that were there when I got there. But um, a lot of kids' lives are being changed because of people giving, supporting, and praying um, for all of them. So each of the kids that come into our home have a story to tell, and a lot of their stories are quite heartbreaking. Um, and 
the, the best part though is that we know that they're healing, that when they come into our home, they're safe. They, they're hearing about Jesus every single day. And we're just praying that each of them will come to know him as their personal savior. Um, and so we do believe that some of our kids actually are saved. We've seen true transformation, but we're just praying that all of them will really truly understand the gospel. And so we're just, we're just praying for them every day. We're teaching them every day the gospel and, and we're hoping to see true transformation in their lives. So I really feel privileged to be serving here at Encouragement. Um, I feel just blessed to be there. Um, it's definitely, there are harder days than others, just like any job, any place that you're at, there's harder days than, than others. Um, I'm currently the only missionary living in this area. There's no other missionaries in Webuye or even in the surrounding towns. So that is also a challenge, just navigating, you know, cultural differences, language. They do speak English, but their main language is Kiswahili. So I am working on learning that. Um, I understand it better than I can speak it, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. So um, I'm just thankful to be there and just a part of this ministry. So there are definitely ways that you can get involved. You know, financially, there's always ways, but more importantly, I know that everybody can pray. And so um, I have four areas that I just wanna share with you. Um, the first one is salvation. Like I mentioned before, we're just praying that each kid comes to know the Lord as their personal savior. Um, and then also for the community, we have seen a lot of witchcraft still going on in the area. And there's a lot of just traditional African beliefs that are very much still alive today. Um, they're, they're kind of slowly fading, but we definitely still are seeing that. So we're just praying against that darkness and praying that people will see that Jesus is their only source of hope, you know, for, for anything. And then personally, um, there's two things, really number three and four are personal, but just three um, for me, just being able to continue on, having the strength, the courage, facing different challenges, running a home of 35 kids is challenging. Their ages are from four to 18, so we, we face a lot of different things. Um, and then the other thing is just my work permit, kind of what Pastor Adam had mentioned is that I can only stay in Kenya for five to six months legally um, with my visitor visa. And so that's why I've, I had to come back earlier because my work permit has not gone through yet. So I'm just waiting to get that. And I'm hoping that when I return, somehow there will be a miracle that it'll come through and then it'll last for three years and I can come and go as needed. So um, in closing, I do have just a, a short video um, of the kids. I made it before I left. Um, they wanted, they, we were gonna try to do maybe like something where they could greet all of you, but it's, it's very challenging to do that. So I made a video where you'll get to see each of the kids, see their names, and then they, the, a couple of them did some songs and, um, and I showed them before I left and they were just so excited. <laughs> they, they were very excited. So um, I hope you enjoy the video. And I just, again, want to say thank you for your support, your encouragement. Um, it's just been a real blessing to have you as my, my, my church. So thank you. Bye. My name is Lily Andrea. It's my friend. My God, he's a believer. 
and you have a song. If you're happy and you know, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know, and you really want to show. If you're happy and you know, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know, nod your head. If you're happy and you know, nod your head. If you're happy and you know, and you really want to show. If you're happy and you know, nod your head. If you're happy and you know, tap your feet. If you're happy and you know, tap your feet. If you're happy and you know, and you really want to show. If you're happy and you know, stamp your feet. If you're happy and you know, say amen, amen. If you're happy and you know, say amen, amen. If you're happy and you know, and you really want to show. If you're happy and you know, say amen, amen. Thank you. My name is Debbie and I'm Debbie. Yeah, you're in TP? Two. One. Sam and PP one. PP one. Good. And now we do any cup. We do. My name is Tony. Thank you. My name is Tony. Thank you. My name is Eric. Thank you. My name is Trevor Gladwell. My name is Amos Gladwell. My name is Nevin Gladwell. My name is Ivan Gretry. My name is Moses Gretry. My name is Faith Gretry. My name is Sister Gretry. My name is Elizabeth and I'm class 5. My name is Bill Buck and I'm class 5. My name is Ruth and I'm class 6. My name is Michelle and I'm in Gretry. My name is Eugene, I'm grade 7, junior secondary. My name is Michael and I'm class 8, a candidate. My name is Purity in class 8. My name is Cynthia in class 8 and my brother is Kennedy in class 7, 8. My name is Francisca and I'm in Form 1. My name is Miriam and I am Form 1. My name is Chris, I am Form 1. My name is Irene and I am in Form 1. I'm Melody and I'm in Form 2. My name is Pauline and I'm in Form 2. I'm Lauren from 3. I'm Michelle from 3. I'm John, I've just completed Form 4. I'm planning to do nursing. Hi everyone, uh, my name is John. I recently did my Form 4 and I really wish to join a school of medicine and yeah, do something in the field of medicine. Hi, Grace Baptist Church. Our names are Pauline, Cynthia, Purity, Irene, Ruth, and Miriam. We have a song, the name is Heaven Now Has Been. One, two, three, go. Heaven Now Has Been. Heaven Now Has I'm a child of a king and a millionaire too. When I look above, if the message is true, heaven now has view. Heaven now has view. 
Heaven our hearts be IW. Heaven our hearts be IW. I'm a child of a KING. And a millionaire TOO. When I look at BOVE, if the message is TRUE, heaven our hearts be Heaven our hearts be Thank you. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to 39. It says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like this. Appreciate the work that Caitlin and so many are doing and we have a part in that uh, appreciation for the work that God is doing in parts of the world where you and I will probably never be able to even go let alone visit and so pray for them encourage them and uh, so grateful uh, that the Lord has called these individuals I'd like for you to go with me to the gospel of John this morning in the time that we have remaining and to think through a thought that's here in this section again of what we call the prologue and this come and see challenge that we have that John will give to us and some of that we'll be able to realize even in this section here and uh, looking at uh, this passage together, thinking about what we read here in John chapter one. And for the sake of time, I'm gonna read really starting in verse six and to not diminish the flow of thought that John is giving to us here, but to take us into this. And he says, there came a man sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. And there was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. And he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Father, I pray that you'll help us as we take a moment, look into this passage, and Lord, I pray that you'll help us to understand and see and to think about the testimonies that we've already heard of. And Lord, what it is that you're doing, may you be praised and glorified. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Now, I came to this passage and I, I'll be in a moment of transparency here. I have wrestled with this. Not so much in the sense that there isn't truth here and that there isn't information here, but it's like so many times we come into these familiar verses and it's like, well, what more can we say? And it really began to hit me in the sense of really what I was wrestling with is, is how can I as a fallen dust of the earth, rebellious to my core, arrogant, proud, 
discontent. How can I effectively bring a message that is worthy of the glory of the only begotten of the Father? And as I was thinking about what we read there in verse six, there came a man and that was his sole purpose and being. And everything about what he came to do was to draw no attention unto himself, but instead his whole purpose in being born, every bit of his existence in life was there as a forerunner, a precursor. He was there to bring to light the one who is light. How can you do that? How can I bring any measure of light to this one? And so John the apostle, apostle here, he sets out to introduce for us some themes within his book. And that's really what this whole section down to verse 18 really does. And the title that John chooses to introduce Jesus with is not a title of messianic overtones. It's not even Christ itself. It wasn't Lord or Savior. He uses a word to encapsulate the purpose of Christ, the fullness of Christ, by taking in really the meaning of his authority, of his power, of his sheer grandeur, the word. And the word that was in the beginning. And and to think about it, that it is this word that spoke universes and galaxies and worlds that just simply occupies space. And in fact, all of that is created in order to give us a chronometer of time. And to just speak and every living creature comes into being except one. He chose to have a conversation instead a conversation with the parts of himself, the parts of the Godhead as they three there at the beginning of time, the beginning of space, the beginning of everything created, envisioned a being that would be created in their likeness, in his likeness as God. And with his very hands, he took of the dust that he'd already created and he formed and he manipulated and he created and designed and gave shape to every one of us that's known as humanity. I am not a freak of evolution. I'm a byproduct of the genius of God. And he gave to us life. He gave us a soul. He made us like him in that we would not possess an end date. But even with all of that, man decided to play God. And we decided to become as God. No, not even that we wanted to be God. And God was not willing to share what he is with something other, especially not something that he had created. Because he is the true God, the genuine God. You notice again in this passage, how many times the idea of truth comes up. He comes up in verse nine and he says, there was the true light. Go down to verse 14. And he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the father, full of grace and truth. He brings John back up again. 
In verse 15, he testified about him, cried out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received in grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. And no one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained him. Truth. John's going to address this quite often throughout the rest of his book. We're very familiar with John chapter 14 and verse 6, right? I am the way, the what church? The truth and the life. And no man, no human being can ever come to the Father except through this one, this Jesus, this word. It's interesting that even at the time prior to his his crucifixion, he's there before Pilate. And Christ talks about him as truth, himself as truth. And what does Pilate say? What is truth? I mean, all throughout this book, we are being challenged with an understanding of the, the definition of genuineness, of something that is eternal, something that is enduring, something that will not change. It is not whimsical and fancy. It is something that is enduring. And this is what it is. It's him. What is genuine? And John the Apostle introduces a character known by John but he's known by a lot of names in Scripture. Here you would probably have assumed the name John the Witness. We've tried other names for him, John the Immerser, John the Baptist, so I'll just refer to him as J.B., all right? So J.B. here in this, because we had John the author and John the Baptist here, in this, this passage he's introducing, J.B. comes and he is to give a testimony. John the Baptist is to give a word of witness, and it's really more like a legal testimony given before a jury. He is giving evidence. He is giving proof. This is who he is. John the witness came not to draw men into himself, but to prepare people for the light that would come and enlighten the world. And why is that? Because you go back then to verse 7, so that all might believe through the message of a witness that he shared about this light that was coming. So what was John's message? Later we'll see that it's a message of repentance. It's a message of estimation and value. It was a message of confrontation with their own sin and where they stood in the view of a holy God. And let me ask you the same question I've had to ask myself as I've prepared for this is, is what is my testimony like? What is your testimony of this, the word? John the apostle is abundantly clear. This witness is not the true light. John the Baptist is not the one that they were waiting for. The light that was to come into the world is a different one than this. And there's an interesting use of words here by John within his gospel the grammatical sense of the word chosen there in verse 6 when he talks about there came, that word came there. It's the same word that is used back up in verse 3 when all things came into being. It is a description of something that has come now into existence. It did not exist before. It was not there. It was not obvious. It was not plain. It did not have a place. It was not found yet. But here there came a man This is something that speaks of the sovereignty of God. This speaks of God's ingenuity. This is where it comes as if out of nowhere, 
God brings it on the scene. The other words that are translated as came in verses 7, 9, 11, or simply the idea of arriving upon the scene as if in a travel you have left one point of origin and now you have come, you have arrived. And so the idea is that this is about a role in a man's responsibility in God's sovereignty. This is how we see our participation within a, a genius plan of God and how he is looking at John's the Baptist's involvement inside of something that God set forth. God put this into motion. In verse 10, the word made there is the same idea that speaks of coming into beings, the same word that, again, we found up in verses 3 and 6, and then again in verse 14 where he talks about those things that became Understanding all of this to emphasize John's point, this is all coming from God. It is God's plan coming to be here on earth. It's God's plan to send forth a person to bear a witness of the coming of another greater than even himself, the very son of God. And so John looks again at John the Baptist, as we mentioned there in verse 15, to state the authority of this light, of the word. And just like in verses 1 through 3, the word was, he existed, he was even before, even before the beginning of our existence, we find that John the Apostle again makes note of how John the Baptist comes here and that this one, as he makes mention of him, is one who existed even before him. Even though he was born after me. Remember, John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin. This is the one that we read of in Luke and other places where we find there's an interaction. And so he has been born prior to, but he emphasizes this is one that existed before me. He was. Go back to verse 9 with me in John 1 here. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. Notice where all of this takes place. It takes place inside of our world. D.A. Carson, he points out the use of this word that's used for the word world is not referring to the universe but instead is referring to the created order, especially of human beings and human affairs in rebellion against its maker. It's found in John chapter seven and verse seven where John again will write, the world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its deeds are evil. This is the world that Jesus came to. He also says in John chapter 14 and verse 17, That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. And as he also says in 1427, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your heart 
be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Is it any wonder that we are afraid? Is it any wonder that the world around us is scrambling? Is it any wonder that the world in which we live trembles constantly? Because there is no peace that's found inside of this world. I find it amazing that even when we as believers sometimes are troubled about things in our lives, that how much we run to the world's wisdom to try to reconcile the issues of our heart. Where in this world there is no peace, there is no comfort, there isn't anything that this world can offer us. It takes the Prince of Peace, who is Christ, the Word, coming into this world to give to us what we need to live not only in this world, but in a world that is to come. This world that had been created by God, that the Word actually brought into existence, didn't even know Him, as chapter 1, verse 10 says. The very people that are his own, his called out ones, the Jewish nation as a whole, they refused to accept him, as verse 11 says. And then we get to verse 12 and we get to the heart of the prologue. And he speaks of it in this way, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Receive and believe. And all through the gospel of John, you're going to be challenged to receive Jesus Christ and to believe on him. John doesn't mince words in his gospel. He makes it very clear, and he really gives us this introduction to the premise of his book, which at the very end, in John chapter 20 and verse 31, where we've already looked at that in the past, where he talks about, this is the why I have written, these things have been written, so that you may believe. John doesn't use terms like faith, like Paul and some of the other New Testament writers use. He uses the word believe. It, it is more of the sense of a, of, a, of a response. It's not just something that's realized internally. It's, it's like in his understanding is, is that it, it really lines up more with James in the way that he says it in the sense that if you're truly saved, there's going to be something that is evidence in your life. Believe is the word of choice that John's going to use all through his book. Kossenberger put it this way, he says, to receive him means to entrust oneself to Jesus, to acknowledge his claims and to confess him. So let me ask you, you're sitting here this morning and you're in church. Is that statement true of your life this morning? Have you received Jesus Christ? Is it the one that you have entrusted yourself to? Not just to give you the magic genie in the bottle that you can rub every now and then when you're hoping that things will work out the way you had planned it. But that you have received the word that speaks with authority and he speaks to the authority of your life and to your heart and to your condition of life. Have you received the word? Do you acknowledge his claims? And are you willing to confess him in your life? 
Later on, Carlsenberger adds this. He says in John chapters, chapter 1, verses 12 through 13, it strikes the balance between this human responsibility to receive and to believe in the divine sovereignty that he is the one that tells us that we are born of God. He brings us into his family. Are you a child of God? And that should be a yes or no answer. For John, then, believing in Jesus entails accepting him to the full extent of his self-revelation. We believe in his name, as, as it talks about in the sense of his name in verse 12, to those who believe in his name. Carson again adds some perspective to this thought when he wrote, the name is more than a label, it is the character of the person or even the person of himself. The entire expression, as he goes on to say, does not guarantee that those who exercise such faith are genuine believers. But at its best, he adds, such faith yields allegiance to the word, trusts him completely, acknowledges his claims, and confesses him with gratitude. And that is what it means to receive him. If you were to go back and account for the day and the moment and the time, the experience of salvation and the moment you go back to, would it be said of your life that your life is a testimony, a declaration of receiving Jesus Christ? Do you confess him to the people in your day? We were talking with someone just recently about some difficulties and some challenges. And I was talking with one of our, our fellow church members here and describing that it's so many times in those moments where we find ourselves just simply bringing God up in the conversation. We introduce the world around us to the place where we get to show Christ off to the world. And we cause people to see him. And we beg them, just come and see Jesus. But have you received him in such a way where it's more than just simply an acquaintance with the information about him? That it's, it's more than just simply being aware of his person and his historical you know, repertoire, his identity in the past. But have you truly accepted him as the son of God, the savior of your soul, the redeemer of your most vital existence and restoring you into relationship with the holy God. Do you believe that he is your savior? For the first 12 chapters of his book, John is going to emphasize the character the revelation, the truth of who and even what Jesus is. You're going to find a selection of miracles. You're going to see confrontations between the Jewish religious leaders who had formulated God to fit their design. But you're also going to see stories of outsiders and outcasts 
people like the woman at the well, the orphans of their society, and the voices of hope that they found in Christ. And each one is going to give us an opportunity to know the truth. The truth of who Jesus is. As the God-man, as verse 14 says, the word that became flesh. What he was not before, he now became. A creation, a, a new sense, something that has never been where God took on flesh. And the word that dwelt, that word is a unique word. It means to basically to tent, to put a tabernacle with humanity. And that John shares how those who were alive saw the glory of God. The fullness of this one who took on the requirements of God's law and fulfilled them. And yet he showed that there is grace even in the offering. Grace upon grace. He showed the people that the law was not what man had created or even what Moses longed to show them as the glory of God that was shining on his face as he went up into the presence of God into the mountain and experienced the revelation of God, the, the beauty and the splendor and the glory of God. And he would come back and he would try to share with the people and yet that fading glory. And here comes Jesus who is the glory and it will not fade. The presence of God realized. And so Jesus, the word, testifies of the Father. Just as John testified of the word, the word's existence, Christ's existence was to testify of the Father, to reveal him, to show the world and anyone who would believe in him the gracious truth of God's compassion and mercy. John 3, because he did not come into the world to heap on more condemnation, but that the world through him might be saved. So Christ was a witness of the Father. I love verse 18, the very last phrase of that, how it says he explained him, as the New American puts it. It's like you could say he exegeted. He explained and taught everyone who would receive him, how much the Father loved this rebellious world in spite of their sin and in spite of their darkness, for God so loved the world that he gave. So what do you have to show for the belief that you claim to possess? I like how one writer put it when he said, God's glory then is supremely his goodness. What good thing has God done for you? And if the only good thing that God has done is revealed to you your sinfulness and your need of a savior, isn't that good enough? To know that I will not have to suffer the eternal separation and condemnation of a hellfire and that I will stand forever with him, be in his presence where there is peace and there is this comfort, there is this abiding presence. And yes, maybe in this world we do see other opportunities to behold the glory of God and the good things that he does. And I see it every day in the faces of my four boys. I see it in the beauty of my wife. I see it in the handiwork of just so many wonderful things. But it pales in comparison to the beauty of his mercy and of his grace. 
He is a good God. Have you received him? Do you believe in him? Then what are we telling the world about him? And are we inviting people to come and see him with us? What do you know of the goodness of God and what are you a witness of? And how do you declare the glory of Christ, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth? What are you calling people to see of Jesus? And there came a man sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness to the light. I would love to think. And then there came a man whose name was Adam. And he came as a witness to the light. Put your name there. And there came a man, a woman, whose name was, what are we witnesses of? Are we begging people to come and see us? Or come and see him. Let's stand together for a word of prayer. Father, I pray that you will call us to action. To be witnesses of your glory and of your grace and truth. The fullness of that. That fills the all in all of every person that needs to know sin forgiven. Life restored. Redemption promised. A relationship established. Fellowship enjoyed. Lord, let us call people to see you. And Lord, if there is sin in our life, if there is this clouding of our existence because we are more enamored with what we find in the liberty that we have in Christ rather than the love that we have for you, then Lord, are we a distraction? Are we a point of confusion? Lord, may you be magnified and may you increase, as John would later say, so that I can decrease. Lord, may you be supreme in our thinking, our thoughts, our actions, our attitudes. May you be what people see. Lord, I pray for that heart that's here this morning that does not know you. They have never received you or believed in you. I pray that something would speak to their heart in such a way that awaken with them a realization of how much the God of the universe, the God that made them, the God that created them, how much you love them. Or for that struggling believer who is doubting your goodness and doubting your grace. Or maybe help them to reimagine life in such a way where the ultimate purpose of their existence is your glory and that people are seeing you. And maybe it's because their plans and their designs and their desires have trumped yours. Lord, we all are facing hardship and in this world there is nothing this world can give to us that brings peace. So no matter what the relationships are and no matter what the agendas are, If it is not from your hand, it only brings more discontentment and disruption 
and anger and hostility. So Lord, where have we been feasting? Who are we a witness of? Lord, help us to truly walk in faith in what we have received of your character and what we have believed in as our Savior. And may we be a great testimony of your goodness. So speak now, Lord, I pray. And Lord, I pray that if there is a heart that needs to talk to somebody, they'll seek someone out before they leave. Get those answers that they need from your word. And it's in Christ's name we pray.
all. Oh, what a savior, right? Christ is all. I don't think we mentioned this this morning, but um, we need to give God the praise for a new baby boy that was born this week. Isaiah Bear Gilmore was born, and Ashley um, had surgery as well, and we were praying for both of them because both of their lives were in danger, and they both are alive today, and we give God praise. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Um, we have a fellowship time out in the back, uh, in the, not out in the back, but in the fellowship hall. Um, we'd love to, to meet with you and, and greet you this morning. So uh, we'll have that uh, just right out uh, in, in uh, the fellowship hall. Lord bless you. You're dismissed. Mm-hmm.